Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, Nine is first out of the gate to reveal its big programs for 2023. We'll bring you our first reactions. Our verdict on the TV network's coverage of The Queen and the Logies move to seven. Just what will the change of network mean for TV's Night of Nights? Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello, I'm Rob McKnight. I'll introduce the panel in just a moment. But first, it was on this day in 1973 that a fifth and final season of this sitcom began. Here's the story of a lovely lady who was bringing up three very lovely girls. All of them had hair of gold, like their mother. Yes, 49 years ago, the blended family, otherwise known as the Brady Bunch, beamed into American living rooms for what would be its final run. The season consisted of 22 episodes, but was not picked up for a sixth season by broadcaster ABC. Though it was never a ratings hit or a critical success, the Brady Bunch has since become a popular syndicated staple, especially um, especially among children and teenage viewers. Now to the panel. He is the man that knows where the bodies are buried, and he's probably dug up a few too. It's Philip Kosh, the magazine writer. Hello, Philip. Hi, Rob. How are you going? Mate, during our childhood, the Brady Bunch was on repeat ad nauseum, and I think it might have been Channel 10 from memory, but I grew up just watching repeat after repeat after repeat of the Brady Bunch. <laughs> well, I was smiling when you called it a sitcom. I think in our family it was almost <laughs> like a documentary. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that lost in space. So you had stepsisters you wanted to get it on with? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, I didn't have a blended family, but we thought we thought it was very interesting if you did. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Also joining us tonight is contributor to TV Black Box, Matthew Simmons. Hello, Matthew. Hello. It's like we've got our own Brady Bunch intro right here. We can look down, look to the left, look to the right. We've got uh, blue boxes. It's all we need. We certainly do that when we're recording the podcast. Hey, look, and with Netflix launching the rebooted Heartbreak High today, we have a real treat for fans of the original series because our special guest tonight is none other than Con himself, Salvatore Coco. Hello, Salvatore. Hello, everybody. Hello, Hello, everybody. It's actually really good to be here. Mate, I can't help but put an accent on my on your name when I say it. It's such a beautiful name. <laughs> just, think of, just think of Salvatore or Salvatore, or Salvatore Ferragamo. And then the second one, just think of Coco Chanel. Salvatore. <laughs> Coco. You're a fashion icon. <laughs> I, I should start my own label. I've been saying that for many, many years, actually. 
<laughs> oh, it does have that sound about it. I'll give you that. Look, welcome to TV Black Box. You're an actor, singer, voiceover artist, MC. You've appeared on so many shows, Home and Away, Brides of Christ, Water Rats, to name a few. I mean, you've pretty much done everything. Mm. But we do have a tough spot for con. Is mm. that a good thing or do you find it frustrating? No, that's an absolutely great thing. And that's something I don't resent that one bit. I mean, that character con for me was something that, uh, you know, uh, I, got, I got a chance to uh, not only tell Australia, but the world that uh, Salvatore Coco existed. And, yeah. you know, and I, I got a chance to also um, uh, be uh, me to be, I just was, I gave me a chance to just play as an actor, you know? And, um, yeah, no, it was really, um, yeah, no. no was it life-changing? It. 100%. 100%. It was definitely life-changing in the sense that uh, you got you go from being uh, just that ordinary kid, you know, 19 years of age, 20 years of age, uh, just come out of school, you know, you just, you're just doing your thing, to um, being a household name, that everybody knows, everybody recognises, that literally you cannot walk the streets, and I'm not just talking about in Australia, I'm talking about within Europe. Um, you just, you just, we just couldn't get, we couldn't walk the streets. It was bigger than Amazing. 90210, so that's how big it was. It, it really was. It really it was, was, yeah. And it makes sense that, you know, everything's getting a reboot these days, so... It makes sense that Netflix has brought it back. I know you've watched the first episode, but I don't want to know what you thought about it until we get to the binge box later on. That's absolutely, where we will absolutely. But you know, like we're we're at the stages where uh, you know um, it's it's literally just aired on Netflix. So mm. at um, at five this afternoon, it, it aired on Netflix. So yeah, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of listeners that did actually watch that reboot first episode. It's get, yeah, as I said, I'll get your reactions yeah, later. Yeah, yeah absolutely. When you first heard that they were doing a reboot of Heartbreak High, what did you think? Um, I'll be very honest. I was excited because a lot of the fans uh, in, internationally um, uh, were, were, well, had been for years saying, when is the reboot coming? When's the reboot coming? When's the reboot coming? Because there are some really absolute diehard Heartbreak High fans, uh, you know, around the world. Um, the success of Heartbreak High, uh, the first series all the way to the end, um, was just phenomenal. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, it was bigger than in the time of the first series, second series, third um, when we launched it, it was bigger than 90210. So, um, yeah. Which was huge. It's it just was amazing. Huge. It was huge. It was huge. And hopefully, and hopefully with this new one, it'd be the same because, you know, uh, it, you know, it has got a great name behind it. Were there discussions about you being in it? Uh, yes, there were. Yes, there were. Uh, but it was also very, uh, it was a very interesting time. And Phil would know this because Phil gave, gave me a call in the time that I was literally just doing Home and Away. And we had so many problems with COVID because it was during the whole COVID mm. pandemic thing. And, uh, yeah, there were talks, there were talks, but, you know, it just things didn't eventuate uh, for it. I mean, I, I, I can, I can you know, mention that, that, you know, it just didn't, it just didn't 
uh, the planets didn't align, let's just say. Which is always the way, always the way. They have mm. to align. Yeah, but look, that's not to say, that's not to say that if there is another series that needs to be done, that um, Con may come back. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what the writers have got in store or what the producers want to do or what Netflix wants to do. But uh, let's just say that that moment, it it, it just... It just wasn't the right, the right, the right time, the right moment. I, I guess there's something there's just too much going on. We were joking at the time, weren't we, that you could uh, possibly come back as a teacher or a principal, Condor, you know, the principal. Could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine that? I think that'd be actually fantastic if he did. But, From uh, lawyer yeah. to teacher. I mean, Con had a hell of a ride and a hell of a storyline over the years on Heartbreak High, the original um, series. Yeah, yeah, he did. He sure did. He sure did have a bit of a ride. I mean, how, he went from wheeler dealer to um, uh, counsellor, love advisor. Uh, lover. Pardon? Lover. Lover. Then he went from lover. <laughs> yeah, because he was he was dating a, um, a lady which was uh, – you know, like 15, 20 years older than him. So he was he was a lover. He was then he ended up becoming a manager. From a manager, he ended up becoming and look, honestly, I think I don't think there's anything that Con Bordino uh can't do or won't try. So if he came back as a teacher, <laughs> I don't think it'll surprise anybody because uh yeah. A jack of all trades. <laughs> Let's just say that. Well, that's what we would like to see for season two. So the writers of Heartbreak High, if it's coming back, we want Salvatore in it. Uh, Sal, thanks for being here tonight. We really appreciate it and look forward to your thoughts as we go through the TV topics of the week. Let's move to the upfront because the Nine Network held its annual upfront event today for media and advertisers to spruik its programming for 2023. Now let's go through the main headlines and see what you all think of the big titles. First up, we have Gordon Ramsay's Food Stars. The blurb is culinary superstar and CEO Gordon Ramsay and business mogul Janine Ellis will mentor and guide competing teams in Gordon Ramsay's food stars. Breaking into the multi-billion dollar food industry can be an impossible feat unless you're lucky enough to have some big investors. Gordon and Janine are on the hunt for Australia's most exciting and innovative innovating new food ideas. Searching high and low for the next food star to mentor and invest in. Philip, does that tickle your fancy? Mildly, not not. No, I I wouldn't rush to watch it, but I, I would give it a look. But it's it's sort of hard to envisage how that would sustain my interest. To be honest, I tell you what is interesting: Tracy Grimshaw is leaving the network as Gordon Ramsay is coming back to the <laughs> network. Those two certainly had a huge falling out, mm. where he um, was doing shows around the country. He sort of had a go at her. He called her a lesbian. She took issue with what he was saying, went on air and, and castrated him basically in true Tracy Grimshaw style. And he was never on the network again until now. So the timing is very interesting. <laughs> he, he's always denied that he called her a lesbian. What he did actually call her at the, I think it was the Melbourne Food Fair, was a fat, ugly pig. Yeah. Interesting, interesting uh, way to go about business. Salvatore, does this one, Salvatore, sorry, does this one interest you? Um, look, I, firstly, I just want to want to go a little bit back on what 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 Phil was saying, what you were saying. If if Tracy Grimshaw's leaving uh, ACA or uh, Nine, and we're getting Gordon Ramsay, 
Don't tell me that the replacement for ACA will be Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> because we've got a problem there. We've got a massive I, problem there. I hardly think so. All of a sudden, uh, ACA each night is doing $5 recipes that you can cook at home in 15 minutes. <laughs> you know what? A lot of bleeping. Bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> well, the ratings would just obviously take a dive, that's for sure. Um He's good but, talent. I like Gordon Ramsay. Oh, I love him. I love. I, I I think he's fantastic. I really love watching um, Hell's Kitchen, um, all that sort of stuff. I love watching that stuff. I think he's quite entertaining. Um, will it work for me? Um, look, come I on, you've got I your lamb shanks cooking at the moment. They yeah. are. They're actually. I've got about four of them <laughs> cooking at the moment, and I'm, I can smell them uh, cooking at the moment. Um, but I think. Um, I think. Um, I think Gordon's done. Mm. I think Gordon's done. I think. Well done. Uh, yeah, I think I shouldn't say this with too much confidence, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Just how many times are we going to see Gordon do something? I don't know. What's what's he, what? Look, I might I might be wrong in saying that because. Uh, you know, it's always because you said that, you know, uh, there's, there's going to be that innovative, innovative, I can't say it. Um, innovative. Innovative, yes, great, um, uh, approach to it. So you never know. He might he might be able to surprise us with something new, but hasn't he done it all? Well, Matthew, this seems like a new format to me. And, you know, it's sort of like a cross between um uh, you know any one of his food shows and shark tank isn't mm. it but mm. it certainly sounds like it i love it go. i love janine i love gordon so thumbs up with janine double thumbs up mm. with gordon i think i'll be there day one watching it seriously i think i i didn't realize that janine was part of the show i i quickly read the release i i must have skimmed it because i completely missed janine but i think the two of them might make for a great pairing and i i, I can't wait to see it, it sounds great so, so what? So, so, what's the concept? Sorry, if you don't mind me asking, what's the actual concept? concept is basically you've got these people coming in with food ideas. So it's not necessarily cooking. I'm sure cooking will be a big part of it, but they're looking for investors. And so Gordon and Janine are looking for people that they can mentor and put in and possibly invest in their ideas. But it's all food related. Mm. Feels very creative. Mm, mm. All right, we've got a few to go through, so we'll, we'll sorry, start. Sorry, 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 mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it, it, that, sorry, that's the Italian in me coming out. You know what I mean? We stay on one topic. We'll talk about this for four hours, and then by the time you know it, the sun's rising. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the six-hour edition of the TV Black Talks podcast. <laughs> it's almost happened before. All right, the next one is the summit. In the rugged Alps of New Zealand's Southern Island, a group of strangers will embark on an epic quest like unlike anything ever seen. With their backpacks containing an equal share of $1 million, the group must reach the peak of a distant mountain in just 14 days to win the cash they're carrying. Now, that's interesting. If To me... Basically, you got a stack of cash in your backpack. Are you going to take some of that cash out to make the light the load lighter, or are you going to like? Is it in gold bars, for example? So it's not like cash. Are they doing it in a way that it weighs you down? And what happens to that cash if you go out? Does that cash go into the pool for the others, or do, do if someone leaves, does the cash then go? distributed into the others until mm. you know maybe only one person makes it up or two people and they split the 
um, $1 million, so they get half a million each. Matthew, what do you think of this one? Oh, I think. I think the fact that we have so many questions about it intrigues me. So, again, I think I'll be there day one to watch. I want to see how this plays out. What was interesting about this one, Philip, was I saw the promo in the upfronts, and Malk will be joining us shortly to talk about the actual event. But the promo, un- unless I missed it, didn't seem to get across the competition element of the $1 million carrying it up the mountain. I actually felt that people watching it didn't get the idea of what it was all about. Well, I hadn't thought of that until you mentioned it, and that suddenly made it a lot more interesting because I was going to say, I don't really care about people that climb mountains. I just think, yeah, exactly. find it, find another hobby. God knows. Yeah. Um, but that sort of does intrigue me, the fact that they'll have to sacrifice some of their winnings maybe. Yeah, look, I'll definitely check that out. At least it's something new and different. You know, if it was just another physical challenge, no, it wouldn't really interest me. It seemed like a dozen other shows I've seen. But, yeah, the whole money aspect is pretty intriguing. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, Matthew. I didn't feel that uh, Nine Soul, from what I remember of seeing the, upfront, seeing the promo for it in the upfronts today, I didn't feel that Nine sold the competition and money angle. Uh, well, and look, uh, and that's also what appeals to me. So maybe that was just a misstep in their presentation of the upfronts. Um, but if, if enough people hear, hear that and understand that that's what's happening and we start to see the promos come through as the show gets closer and stuff, I do think that there might be a big attraction from the audience there. Sal, thumbs up or thumbs down for this one? Okay, well, look, I'll give it the thumbs up because, um, yeah, I, I'm, I've actually got this vision in my head that if I had all that cash in my money, I'd be running off. <laughs> Sprint I need a mill. That's yeah. a bit of a Con Bordino moment. That, yeah, that was a bit of a Con Bordino moment, but, I, yeah, definitely. I, that sounds like a very interesting, um, yeah, little idea that they've got. Yeah, I like it too. Another one is RPA is back. Now, you'll all remember, this was the program. This was the first of those observational documentaries. For 17 years, it gave viewers around the country and access all areas past to the inner workings of the Royal Prince Alfred Hospital in Sydney. It's back now. It's hosted by Roger Corsa. And RPA follows patients who bravely and generously share their stories, as well as the outstanding surgeons, the physicians who not only put broken bodies back together, but in many cases have to break the news to these patients that their prognosis isn't good. These are real-life moments. They're captured in all their unfiltered emotional rawness. Salvatore, the thing I think here is, why hasn't this show come back sooner? That's what you're thinking? Yes. What What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, look, I, I, I did start to watch that show originally, and uh, I just couldn't stomach it. A lot of the stuff for me was just a little bit too much. Yes. And, uh, you know, does it deserve to come back? Absolutely. I mean, if, if, it's, if it's a show which did, um, if it's a show that did sort of like um, appeal to many, many great. Yeah, if it appealed to many people, um, I guess so. But, look, for me personally, I just could never um, – I could never really just watch a full uh, segment of that particular show. It just, for me, it, it just, uh, I don't know. I just couldn't do it. Mm. Matthew, thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, look, it, it sounds nice, but uh, not something that really, really intrigues me to watch uh, on a regular basis anyway. The problem you've got is you're young. Yeah. But, Philip, I think for people of our age, 
it has that nostalgia value of bringing it back. Yes, it will be new and updated, but I think people of our generation will take a look out of habit. We used to always watch this show. Well, and I, I think if, you, if you're going to tune in, you're wanting to be inspired, right, whether it's by a doctor or by some yep. brave kid or adult that's gone through a terrible um, medical journey. Mm. Uh, so, look, I, I definitely check it out. I'm not huge on medical shows, but and also, like a lot of people, I associate hospitals with bad times in my life or saying goodbye to people. Or Yeah, I agree with Phil. So Sorry. I have that sort of bias against it, but that said, mm. I know, I know just from working in women's magazines, we used to do quite a few stories um, on the patients that were featured in the show because they were so inspirational, as were the doctors and the nurses and all the staff. So, look, I'll check it out for sure. Okay. Big Miracles is a groundbreaking new series filled with pure hope in the name of love about the most emotional human experience of all, trying to have children. In Big Miracles, we track an emotionally powerful journey as 10 brave and determined individuals and couples try to fall pregnant when the odds are stacked against them. We, all, we also witness the miracle work of doctors, nurses and scientists trying to make their dreams come true. It's a remarkable story of hope, heartache and triumph. <laughs> well, you're you're oh, a father no. and you hate it. I, I don't have I'm kids not. and I was thinking couldn't care less. Could <laughs> not care less. Like, good on you. Have your IVF. Well done. I hope it all works. I have got no bloody interest in this show whatsoever. Wow. Matthew, watching it with the 4BC people, I wrote down a quote someone said. It's like The Bachelor, but they're happy about the pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That one's good. I like it. Look, yeah, it doesn't appeal to me. I'm, kids aren't in my future anywhere near. Look. I, you know what I think I will like is when it pops up on my social media timeline and there's a nice clip of a story. Cool, I'll listen to that, but I'm not going to watch now. I'll show you just for that. I'm with Matthew on that one. Yeah, I have to agree. It's not one of those things that I would actually sit down and tune into, but, yeah, as Matthew said, if it comes up on a feed and there's something nice, you know, a nice little clip of, clip of something, I'll watch that. But, yeah, I'm not going to spend my time watching that. Sorry. Okay, the last one of the big new announcements is Australia's Most Identical. It's a brand new special event series. Australia's Most Identical is the ultimate search for the nation's most identical twins. Hosted by Scott Cam and Dr. Yana Pittman, both parents of twins, this social investigation series will find and ultimately determine the nation's most identical siblings. The, through a series of scientific and entertaining challenges, 100 sets of twins will be put under the microscope until one pair is crowned Australia's most identical. Um, Sal, I boring. think I'll like... Boring, 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 <laughs> boring. You were reading that out, and honestly, I was tying my shoelaces, thinking to myself, honestly, I'm going, I'm going to bed. That could just be my reading. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, seriously, come on. I think, I think to take what you guys said earlier, I think I would like seeing clips of this. I think yeah. if they're doing little challenges and they do a social media video of, you know, like if the two twins had to pick an outfit and they get something completely different or they pick the same outfit, I'd be interested to see that. I don't know that, Matthew, it would sustain mm. me a whole show. Yeah. Well, I, I'm quite into science and, and just these kind of weird experiments. So this one does appeal to me, but I think as a general audience thing, it's got to be sold right because if it's not promoted correctly, I, I don't quite know how many people will tune into this one. Mm. Mm. Phil? 
Uh, I actually love the concept. I, I know I'm being Robinson Crusoe here. Uh, <laughs> I suppose I've done so many stories on on multiple births and, and things like that in women's magazines. And twins are really intriguing. You know, they do, in some cases, feel each other's pain and, you know, wear the same clothes and all that. I don't know. If they do it right, I, I would watch this. Okay. Very interesting. It's great right, to well, see. Now, it's it's just great to see that there's so many different diverse sort of like opinions. You know, mm. half say yes, half say no. I mean, that's 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 the beauty of it. I reckon that's TV black box, and there's only one opinion that's right, and that's McKnight. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club, Sal. All right, this year's Nines Upfronts returned to a physical event after being a virtual event for two years due to the pandemic. Mulk is at the after party. He was at Luna Park. He's taking a ferry. Where are you now, Mulk? Uh, I'm over at Circular Key, Rob, coming in loud and live. And look, it is absolutely massive. A blue carpet has welcomed us. And of course, all of the nine stars who didn't bother to turn up if they didn't present to the upfronts, they're all here getting on the grog. <laughs> Always the way. <laughs> hey, Mulk, um, we the upfronts, it seemed watching it, there were some things not hitting, but I don't know if that's because there weren't mics on the audience. What was the reaction in the room to the big announcements? Yeah, it was interesting. The audience largely sat on their hands, and I think it was a combination of being overly polite and no real clear cue other than the end of a show reel mm. that something happened. There was no voiceover introducing, you know, this person or that person. You just kind of had to be aware of who they were or catch their name flash up on the screen behind them. And what was the feeling in the room at the end of the event? Did uh, media advertisers and media writers that were there uh, seem positive about what Nine have in 2023? Yeah, there was there was a big round of applause at the end and, and in a few key spots through the, through the night. I'm being a bit unfair. And look, everyone seemed a bit buoyant. I think the challenge for Nine, and, and I had a conversation on the ferry coming over with some content uh, makers uh, talking about it, they're trusting their their old brands or their nostalgic or their well-rating brands and there's just a it seems to be a little bit less boldness in their new commissions there's not as many and certainly doesn't seem to be as big a variety of them well the fact is nine from an entertainment schedule are actually doing pretty well you know afl does really well for seven and that gives them a big bolster but nine didn't have a lot of work to do when it comes to day in day out shows did they no, it's, it's, it's really a pretty full schedule to go now when you consider that MAFS or the Australian Open and MAFS kicks off the year and then it runs through to here we are in September and we're in the thick of the block and from there everything starts to tail everywhere and they've had Lego Masters do good business for them uh, and they've got, a, you know, parental guidance is popping up again, all of those sorts of things. It's kind of, well, what do you shunt to put new content in? Mm. One of the things that was just a line in the actual presentation, but one of the things that stuck out to me is that they're producing a one-hour local bulletin for Tasmanian. That's an interesting one for me. Yeah, it is. Under the, the wind uh, banner for the first time, uh, a statewide broadcast live out of Hobart every night. Uh, Tasmania will now get their own news within the nine stable. Uh, and, yeah, that is that is big. And there was, you know, I would say a few people... With, with a couple of heads nodding at the same time, and that was probably just 
one one or two people. No, look, it's it's a it's a bold move. I think the thing that really stood out for me, apart from those kinds of things, Rob, was the reminder that Australia belongs here because we didn't half hear it about fifty thousand times. Do you know what? It was a good tagline. I've got it is a great like tag. It. Australia belongs here. News belongs here. Sport belongs here. I like Craft it. belongs here. I oh, know, mate. mate it, from a marketing perspective, I think they've done a really great job. Uh, it just. Yeah, look, it, you've tread a fine line when, when you're introducing a tagline like that, but I think they got away with it. Uh, it was interesting. I was watching in the 4BC boardroom with uh, staff members here, and it was quite interesting to see the reactions of people who aren't television people watching yep. it. And and the big talk about twins, it's, they started, starting, started thinking that Channel 9 had a bit of a twin fetish, and then we've got a whole <laughs> about yeah, a hundred of a hundred sets of twins put through a test to see who is Australia's best twin or whatever. They, I can't remember the name of the show. There's, there's lots of those kind of fun things that pop up, um, along with the serious stuff, new Aussie drama, big new reality with the summit. I think the thing, honestly, in the broadest sense that stood out, and I know this isn't a very TV statement, Nine reinforced that they are more than just broadcast Channel 9. Like that print, online, mm. um, radio, and, and I have to say, an incredibly powerful moment when, as they were talking about Nine's radio uh, you know, product and, and that they do it so well, they went to Black in the room and had Ben Fordham, the recording of him delivering the mm. news that young Chloe, the West Australian young girl, had been found by the police. And to hear the breaks in his voice that went live to you know, Sydney Siders everywhere... Um, and to have nothing else in the room, just that audio, was an incredible moment. Yeah, that's quite interesting because obviously we only saw the black screen with that moment yes. and it was still very powerful. But they were trying to talk about the power of radio. And, and the thing that Nine have, as you just said, is it is more than a broadcaster now. And for me, one of the game changers was on Nine Now where yes. you can go to a program that's already in progress. So just say Lego Masters is you're, you're 15 minutes late to it. You can actually start from the beginning of the show when you watch yeah. it on now. Yes, that start over feature was one that they, they mm. talked about as a part of a raft of updates and refreshes happening to the Nine Now website. Uh, and it was actually quite funny uh, when they brought that up, they, they made a big point. Of because the audience is largely advertisers, the ads can't be skipped. If you yes. do the start over <laughs> option, the ads will still play. And, you know, there was a little, almost a sigh and a little bit of applause at that point. And when there was a moment, I just went, boo. And uh, <laughs> ah, you, well, you, because you are the viewer's advocate, we understand why you do that. Um, Malk, it, it was it, um, uh, is everyone happy that this was the first event to be back? to a physical upfront. I imagine yeah. a lot of people are happy and there'll be a few drinks drunk tonight. Yes, a lot of people were happy and it was massive. In fact, they've had three ferry loads unloading. The last ferry load is coming off now. Um, it was huge. And in part because they're not doing their, you know, traditional roadshow around the country, selling their, hawking their wares. They shipped people in from around the country for this. It was right. a huge room, probably the biggest audience I've seen at an upfront in my 12 years covering them. Very, very interesting. Well, Mog, you have a great night. Thank you for bringing us up to speed and uh, be good. Remember, you're representing TV Black Box, so the only way to go about it is to drink too much, spew everywhere and hug everyone. <laughs> hey! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mog. Cheers, mate. 
All right, moving on. And last month we spoke about The Whispers, but it has now been confirmed that TV's Night of Nights is moving to seven. For the first time in 28 years, the Logies will be broadcast on the Channel Red after a multi-year deal was signed. While a, while a location is yet to be confirmed, the date is locked in as Sunday, June 18th, 2023. Now, this first came to light on the 3AW rumour file. And it seems that that rumour file, great rumour file on 3AW, has been absolutely confirmed. Philip, will, this, will we see any major changes to the Logies, do you think? Or will it sort of be the same kind of production? Well, Channel 7 have come out and said that we will see changes. Uh, and I think, I think I don't know, I don't have, I'm not quoting anyone from our media, but I, I think there was a feeling that you want to reinvent it somewhat. You want to give it yeah. a little bit of fresh blood, not not throwing out the baby with the bathwater, but just, just to, you know, fresh eyes, fresh blood, whatever you want to call it. I seven flare. Seven flare. Uh, look, I don't know. Channel 9 had it for a long time. I think they did a good job. Um, I'll be really interested to see what Channel 7 do. Yeah, same. Uh, Matthew, I think a change is as good as a holiday. The Logies used to be passed around. I, I, mm. and, and I thought 9 were very gracious, saying they love being part of the Logies. They look forward to being part of next year's event. I thought that was handled very well from them. Mm. Absolutely. I, I mean, I also expect nothing less. I don't expect them to come out and bag it. That would be a, a bad move, on, I think, on their part. But, but look, you know, I said it when we first discussed the rumours. We, we've been thinking, uh, how do, can we improve the Logies? Something big. Do, do something bold. Do something a bit, a bit out there. I, I hope Seven does do something with it, because if it is just going to end up being the same, same old shit, well, then what's the point? Okay, Channel 7, you are on notice, Sal. <laughs> now, look, um, you know, earlier you said to me that you, you said when you introed me, you said, you know, I'm in events and I do MC work and mm-hmm. all that sort of hoo-ha. And, um, you know, for me, being in the events industry, when you've got something or some form of event done or styled or uh, coordinated by the same person, it becomes it becomes monotonous. It becomes mm. boring. It just becomes it becomes the same suit, you know. What I think is great, yes, Seven's taken it on, um, and as was said, some fresh blood and what have you. Why does it always need to be either Seven or Nine that are hosting the Logies? Why well, can't it, it, why can't it be something? Sorry to cut you off, Robert. Why no, can't right. it be something where Instead of it being, you know, uh, a, a contract from 1995 to obviously 2022, which is now that Nine's lost it and Seven's picked it up, why can't we say, okay, well, you've got it for five years, Nine, Seven, you've got it for another five years, Ten, you've got it for another five years, SBS has got it for another five years, and Channel and, and uh, ABC's got it for five years. Well, it used to change every year. It used to be on 10, 9, then 7. And they should and do that. The ABC. But here's what happened. Nine bought um, Pacific Publications, which is owned TV Week at the time. And when they did that, they said, well, we're hosting the event every year. It's a big rating. We want it. When Channel 9 sold uh, the magazine division, they put in a clause that they would have the rights to the Logies for X amount of years. Well, that took them up until 2022. And so the rights to the Logies were up for grabs from 2023. Now, unfortunately for Nine, 
they missed two years because the Logies were gone off our screens mm. for two years because of COVID. Mm-hmm. But the contract didn't specify that if there weren't any broadcasts that it would extend because no one could foresee that. So seven have gone in and made a play. Unfortunately, gone are the days where everyone goes, we'll have a go, you have a go. This is now about buying an event that draws an audience that is a platform to promote your upcoming events. Mm. And seven will use this night as a way of promoting all their upcoming shows for the second half of the year for that uh, Q3. Especially. And I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't disagree with that because it's business, and we all know that it's business, right? But I yeah. think at the end of the day, you've got to also think of the audience as well, and not only, you know, we, we, let's just say we, us, four, you know, four guys on 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 this podcast, we want to see different things, you know. As was mentioned before, there's there was two different, four different opinions about something, so mm. maybe there's four different points of where 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 an audience member is maybe not wanting to see the same thing all the time. So just give us give others a chance to 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 be the new light, to to uh, be the new blood, you know. Mm. If you've got a if you've got a clause where you've got, you know, like how many years is that? So nineteen ninety five to that's my goodness me, that's twenty that wasn't the clause because oh now I'm trying to remember. Channel nine sold the magazine division. I want to say it was around two thousand and ten. That's about it's, right. It's around then. It may not be the specific year. So presumably they put a 12-year clause in. Actually, mm. it might have been 2012, and then maybe it was a 10-year clause. Uh, yeah, maybe. 12 mm. seems weird, right? So it's more mm. likely to be 2012 where they put a 10-year clause in. Right, right. Yeah, I, 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 just, I just think I think they should just go back to that whole thing of sharing it again. One year, year, every year changing it maybe is a bit, you know, it, it's too short. It doesn't give someone an option or an opportunity to, you know, to explore or play a little bit. So mm. always, you know, just like anything when you're buying, you know, a property or something like that, you know, especially commercial, so there's always a five, five, five by five by five. So just go five years, see how it goes, doesn't work out, next one. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, whoever buys the rights will have it next time. <laughs> All right. It's been a big week for newsrooms around the country and around the world with the passing of the Queen. In the early hours of Friday Australian time, it was announced by Buckingham Palace that Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II had died. And immediately the rolling coverage began. All the networks were on air bringing audiences the events that happened in the UK, even when there wasn't much to report on. Out came all the ex-politicians, former royal personnel, you name it. Extended versions of programs such as Sunrise Today, ABC News Breakfast, as well as special news programming, generally managed to crack the top 20 in the overnight five-city markets. But the audiences seemed to come out in droves for other television, namely The Block or the AFL Finals. A success for those that wanted war-to-war coverage of the Royals, but not much choice to anyone disinterested. Philip, there is a new King of England, but that doesn't mean this kind of coverage takes the television crown. What's your take on the extensive royal TV coverage? Uh, oh, look, I, I couldn't get enough of it on day one. To be honest, mm. it was just it was a let's. It, it's a world event. The world was watching, and I was I was part of it, and I did feel a sense of history in in watching it and absorbing it. But I don't even know what day we're in now. But yes, it's saturation level. I don't. I don't think it was a good decision from Channel Nine, ABC. I haven't been watching so much of Channel Seven, but I think their saturation level as well. I, I, I just. I don't know. I don't really understand the programming decision. I don't. 
I would imagine it hasn't rated consistently throughout mm. all those days. I'm sure well, that's it did. That's why farmers want a wife taken out of the schedule and then put back in right. because, it, look, it's a hard call. It's a very hard call mm. because it is a monumental event that they've all been preparing for. Mm, and for they, years. Don't go, they don't say, all right, Sunrise, you go over and we'll stay home mm. for the Today Show. You know, they all are trying to improve their branding. They all want to be covering yeah. this you know, this is so far. It's a once in a lifetime event. We have mm. we've had a queen on the throne for over seventy years, and I don't understand the people getting annoyed by the coverage because I've dipped in and out. If there's a mm. night where I haven't wanted to watch it, I haven't watched it. I've gone to my streaming services. We've got so many alternatives now that the people complaining about water wall coverage, I don't get. But I also have to make a special mention. I think the coverage has been phenomenal. Mm. The way that they yes. have integrated international footage, the level of expertise. I watched the proclamation of the king on, I think it was Saturday night, and seven were airing it, but nine weren't because they had the NRL on. And I, Hugh Whitfield, seriously, Hugh Whitfield, his knowledge on what was going on was second to none. And they had a royal expert standing outside Buckingham Palace, whose name I can't remember, but her level of knowledge. So when you put the Michael Usher and the Angela Coxes there and you integrate them with this level of knowledge, it was really good TV. And I have found that across all the programs. I think I put out a tweet today saying Australian TV is very lucky because we have such world standard newsroom. Mm and breakfast shows, that when they go and cover it, it is second to none. So, yes, you might think it's too much and whatever, but the the, the quality of coverage we get has been phenomenal, Matt. Oh, absolutely. And, look, it's been years in the making. As you said, we, it, so far in our lifetimes this hasn't occurred. So, look, if you don't want to watch it, yeah, just, just switch over to your streaming. If anything, it should have been a chance for 9, 7, 10 to plug their their little apps, 10 play, 9 now. If That's just to say that there is an alternative. Look, this is what we're doing. We're journalists. We're covering this because it's a big event and we've been sitting on this for years. But maybe a bit more advertising of the alternatives. But, yeah, I, th- I think the coverage has been great. And if you want to tune in, great. If not, well, then you had other options. It's not like there weren't a cu- some other digital channels or streamers to go to. Right, okay. But the problem is with that, <clears throat> as, as, was, as was being said, um, when it's when it's consistently being streamed on all all the different platforms, right? It just doesn't matter where you go. Nine, seven, ten, all the rest of them, right? Um, you, you want to maybe just watch something that's not got to do with the Queen and God rest her soul. You know, we don't want her uh, not being remembered or recognised because I think that's a you know she did as was mentioned she was on the throne for a very long time, but. When it's saturated, as as Bill did say, it, it just becomes too much. It just it's too much. I'm not saying that we shouldn't um, uh, remember her and have all these amazing reports and all this amazing knowledge and uh, talking or uh, uh, discussions about it. Um, I think it's just too much to have it from the second you wake up and like if we were to go onto the telly now, it'd probably still be on somewhere. It's too much. It's just way too but much. But what do you do, especially when different things are happening? Like I said, Saturday night, uh, the proclamation of the king was happening. Do you not cover that? Um, mm. You know, the, the coffin has come 
to Buckingham Palace now. Uh, she's lying in state. And then you've got the actual funeral. You know, these are all significant moments and there are things happening that are worthy True. of coverage. Well, can I tell you, Rob, I, I suppose the point at which I was starting to, like, lose my mind has been following the journey of the coffin and I think people are running out of things to say and fillers sure. and so mm. there's been a lot of banality around that. And I, I get that it's a big thing but I just, I, I don't, I don't know, I found something uncomfortable about following blow by blow the journey of the Queen's coffin. I just... I don't know. I, that to me was a little bit over the top, but mm. hey, if that's what people want to watch, that's fine with me too. And look, maybe they don't, and they don't have to. And uh, it's interesting. Um, uh, Barry Cassidy had a go at the ABC, sending mm. their host bre news breakfast over there, and I said, surely this is what the ABC should be doing. You know, like it's the monarch. It's our monarch who, who's mm. passed away. It's you know she's been on the throne for seventy years. The idea that uh, Michael Rowland and Lisa Miller and the team shouldn't go over there baffles me. And someone said, oh, no one's watching it. How are the ratings? And and he said, well, actually, that you asked, our ratings are up. So, you yeah. know, there is an interest factor there. Yeah, well, I'm not at all surprised the ABC's there. And they sh I agree with you, Rob. They should be. Just as Sunrise, just as today, yep. just as the news teams all should be there. I just, yeah, as I said, it was just these last couple of days where I've started to go, mm. oh, it's making me a little bit uncomfortable mm. now. Mm. And look, the fact is you are seeing normal programming in there. It's mm. not wall-to-wall. -wall. Uh, basically, it's the stuff outside of primetime now that they're doing um, when things are actually happening. That seems like a good compromise to me. All right, still to come, Queensland introduces a bill to protect journalist sources, Sam Mack introduces us to his new baby, Little Mac, and Sal will reveal what he really thinks of Heartbreak High's reboot. All that and more when TV Blackbox, the podcast, continues. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches. An expansion of S.H.I.E.L.D. laws will be introduced in Queensland so that journalists won't be compelled to give up their sources to the Crime and Corruption Commission in coercive hearings. It was only earlier in the week that S.H.I.E.L.D. laws became enforced before Queensland courts, but the state's Attorney-General, Shannon Fentiman, announced this week that the state government will begin consultation to extend the laws to the Triple C. She acknowledged just how important journalists and their sources were to democracy. Queensland was the last state in the country to introduce S.H.I.E.L.D. laws. Disney hosted their D23 convention over in the US this week and many new projects have been announced for next year and in the years to come. From Lucasfilm, expect another season of The Mandalorian, a two-season, 24-episode spy thriller featuring the Rogue One character Andor and a fifth Indiana Jones film where Harrison Ford is set to return with his walker. I may have made that last bit up. In the Marvel Universe, a new series titled Secret Invasion will head to Disney+. Plus. A second season of Loki is confirmed, or Loki as we should call it. 
Daredevil will get its first new season on the streamer and there's plenty of films planned for the big screen. In the live action realm, expect Hocus Pocus 2, an enchanted sequel, a prequel film to The Lion King and princess remakes of The Little Mermaid and Snow White. More of what's to come can be found on the TV Black Box website. The Melbourne Cup Carnival will return to Channel 10 in November and the network has officially announced the broadcasting team for the event. International racing commentator Francesca Kamani and three-time Melbourne Cup winning jockey Glenn Boss will join 10's coverage this year. Alongside them include Eddie Maguire, Michelle Payne, Michael Felgate, Katie Price, James Winks, David Gately and Brittany Taylor. Tara Rushton and Archie Thompson will be trackside, while Rob Mills, Georgie Tunney and Natalie Hunter will cover all things fashion and entertainment. And finally, Sunrise weatherman Sam Mack and his girlfriend Rebecca James have welcomed their first child. The pair announced the birth of their baby girl early Sunday evening and revealed they named her Margot Grace McMillan. Following the birth, Sam Mack said he was the happiest man on the planet. Congratulations to them both. And that's this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Now it's time to open the TV binge box and find out what everyone's been watching this week. Philip, what have you been watching? Uh, well, a lot of news, but other than that, I caught, <laughs> the, I caught the first episode of a show called The Serpent Queen on um, Stan today, uh, and that is a, a very lavish sort of production all around Catherine Medici, who was one of the French queens who had a reputation for poisoning and doing all sorts of evil things. It's quite subversive. It's a bit like um, if you like The Great about uh, Catherine the Great in Russia with you know, that very modern take. It's very similar to that, and there's a lot of voice to camera. And, look, I, I've only watched one episode, but it's pretty intriguing, so mm. I'll probably watch more of that. And, okay. look, I caught I caught a movie which was on Foxtel called Un, Uncharted. I can't read my own writing. Uncharted with uh, Mark Wahlberg and uh, Spider-Man himself, Tom Holland. It's a very silly, good fun, treasure hunt type of thing. Uh, probably not very historically accurate or anything else, but you know what? It was. It made me feel good, and I had a bit of a laugh. So I would recommend that as well. Matthew, what have you been watching? Uh, there was a film on Netflix that I quite liked. It starred Lily Reinhardt, who is on the show Riverdale, um, and it's called Look Both Ways. And she, this woman, this girl, she's just finished university or college, so she must be 20-something. Um, she takes a pregnancy test, and the movie kind of splits into two of if that test is positive or if it's oh, negative. Right. And so if it's positive, she doesn't get to kind of live out her dream. She goes back and lives with her parents. She raises a kid with the, the father who she wasn't dating. Um, it was her best friend, I think. Um, but if it was negative, she went to LA, she worked in fashion and, but both obviously as life is have struggles and positives mm. and ups and downs. And then at the end, it kind of all comes together. So it was a really nice movie, a, a bit like Phil with, with that Uncharted one, just feel good. Like it just made so me feel good. It's a new version of Sliding Doors, basically. Right, well, see, I'm, you know, 20 you years know old. Yeah. I was thinking <laughs> sliding doors, Rob. There you yeah. go. So anyone that likes sliding doors, uh, this one would be great for you. Um, it's a very uh, modern and today take. And then the other one I've been watching, I feel like a lot of people around the world might have been doing this, is I've watched The Crown. Because obviously, given the events, I've gone back. I only ever watched um, some of the first season. I just fell out. But uh, now that I know that there's four seasons and a fifth coming uh 
yeah, I plan on watching the, I'll go right through until, until it finishes, I guess. So yeah, back onto that. Um, and I'm about three episodes in and it's good. It's, it's spectacularly done. The actors that play the, the, the queen and, and, and Prince Philip, like really just embody them in, in every way that we kind of know them watching them, uh, just on TV. So, uh, that one's really good. So if you've been thinking about checking it out, yeah, I, I recommend it. Hey, Matthew, I was told yesterday that um, streams of The Crown have gone mental since. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Oh, wow. Absolutely oh, yeah. crazy. And that's mm. just me. Yeah, mm. it's been a very big thing. Um, the Crown has just gone gangbusters as people go back and watch the series. Mm. Uh, I have mm. been watching Thor Love and Thunder on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I hadn't seen it at the cinema, but I got to see it on Disney+. Plus. And I've got to say, I really preferred the back third than the first third. The first third was a real piss take and it was fun, <laughs> but then it got serious. But I sometimes felt it was overacting. And instead of just making it funny, I felt like, oh, we're funny. So we're being big and we're being over the top. It felt almost pantomime a little bit at times, but I loved the story. I loved where it went and I came away really happy to have seen it. Uh, the other thing is that SBS, the SBS On Demand website, I was going looking for more episodes of 8 Out of 10 Cats Does Countdown. You know how I all love that. And it said it's only got six days left, so I'm trying to stream as many episodes as I can. I don't know whether that means new seasons will come, which would be fantastic, but um, I love me a bit of 8 Out of 10 Cats Does Countdown. It is the the funniest show, uh, just taking a format like Letters and Numbers, we call it here, but Countdown in the UK, which is a very rudimentary sort of show, but they make it fun with comedians and they don't always know what they're doing. And it's just, it's a great laugh with uh, Jimmy Carr. It's it's great. Um, so I recommend that. I think there might we might be down to three or two days left on the SBS On Demand website, but you can still find more episodes on Amazon, uh, not Amazon Prime Video. Their episodes are gone, but there are some on BritBox. So that one's all over the place. All right, Sal, this is the moment we've been waiting for. You watched the Heartbreak High re- uh, reboot. Yeah, so that's pretty much uh, my first thing. But, look, I'll be honest with you, before that, I've been watching – um, I, I, I've been watching it. I just can't stop watching it. It's the series of Gamora. It's um, Gamora, the the mafia oh. in in Naples. Oh, and I and I just absolutely love that series. It's uh, it's there's eight there's eight seasons or something like that. And no, what am I talking? There's more than that. Um, yeah, I just binge watch that all the time. I just love it. But yeah, I've literally finished that. Um, and it's all in it's all in a Napolitano, which is in, in the Neapolitan um, uh, dialect. It's very fantastic. It's shot fantastic. It's just amazing. Um, yeah, so that's something which I've been been watching. What platform um, is that on? Pardon? What platform is that on? You could get that. You can actually get that on SBS. But I've um, yeah, SBS on demand has got it. Um, uh, it's fantastic. It's really really great. And um, yeah, so that's that. And I'm also waiting for I'm also waiting for The Handmaid's Tale to come out as well. I think mm. that's coming that's coming out soon. Tomorrow, uh, yeah. tomorrow, oh, tomorrow, Bravo. And I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but as you mentioned, yes, um, I watched the. I was fortunate enough to watch the reboot of Heartbreak High. And uh, as you know, being one of the original cast members from the original series. I loved it. I actually thought it was oh, fantastic. I right, really right. did love it. Um, there was Phil and I had done an interview 
um, three weeks ago. Was that right, Bill? Yeah, a little while ago, yeah. Something, something like that. And, you know, there was a little bit of concerns of whether or not it might be a bit too woke and maybe just too predominant with the LGBT um, sort of uh, points of view with stuff. But no, I think it was um, it touched on the topics and it was it wasn't it wasn't so in your face. It was quite subtle. It was there. Um, there were a lot of great elements of the original. There were really a lot of great original original elements of uh, the intro. Mm-hmm. I just really I really liked it. I liked the fact that it was you know it, it was different. They're never going to be able to recreate the heartbreak high that I was fortunate enough to be part of. There's yeah. just no way in the world that they could do that. And I think the approach that they've taken with this new reboot was pretty clever. I really liked it. I really liked it. You know, it's totally different to the book. It's totally different to the series that we were in. It's a new fresh take on it with new people. I, I really liked it. I really My did. memory, Sal, of that interview is that you weren't expecting to like it perhaps as much as what you have. Hundred percent, Bill. Yes, you're hundred okay. percent correct. You're hundred percent correct. But you know, once again, uh, I, 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 I think I, you just you, there's different opinions. And now mm. that I've seen it, and for me, my opinions change. I really do. I think I wish these guys the, the very best with it. I really do. It's really, really good. It's funny right. you say that because when they first announced it, I was very skeptical, and I was like, okay, here we go. Um, I'm not getting any idea of what the show is about. All they're trumpeting is diversity and wokeness and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, well, that's not a show. That's not a show. Correct. You know, a show should come from the organics of what is the storyline. Not that we're trying to be diverse. Not that we're trying to have A, B, C, and D characters. The thing about when Heartbreak High in the 90s first started, um, what was different about that? Yes, it had a diverse cast. But it really wasn't about the diverse cast. It was about Western suburbs, Sydney, a place that I grew up in. I grew up in housing commission in Campbelltown. Mm. I knew Mm. some of the stories that you guys were covering. But people, you didn't have to be like me and know some of the stories. You could be anyone and see this, this, this take on what was happening actually in the suburbs. And that's what the beauty of Heartbreak High was, okay? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't about saying, oh, we've got this ethnic ethnicity covered, we've got, you know, uh, this one covered. It was just about people and characters. Mm-hmm. So when, so I think Netflix actually did themselves a disservice on the way they marketed the the this story coming. Because I, I agree. If you go and listen to old podcasts, I'm there saying, this is going to be shit. Because what is it? You know, they didn't sell me on on what it was. Yeah, you bring back an old name, Heartbreak High. Understand that, you know, um, nostalgia is a huge thing. Everyone's doing it, no problems. But they couldn't tell me what it was about. Mm-hmm. And that was the concerning factor I had. Now, I haven't seen the episode. I've seen the promos. And I've got to be honest, I came away looking at those promos going, you've got me interested. This is actually really interesting to me. I was on the other. I was on the other side. On the other side of that, the promo mm-hmm. didn't actually do anything for me because once again, going back to what you said, the promo really didn't sort of like uh, explain or show everything that you were talking about mm. the the, the, the storyline or the, the, the characters. You just I don't know. It was all over the place for me. I saw enough glimpses for it to give me hope. Now I'm I'm going in with a different attitude when I watch it, and it, uh, we're recording 
you know, the same, it, it's come out at five o'clock today. We've had up front and we record at quarter past six. So I, I haven't had that chance to view it and I haven't chased preview copies. So I'm going in hopeful now. My attitude has completely changed. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be interested to hear what you actually think now uh, once, once, you, once you do actually uh, watch it. Because uh, I was skeptic as well, as 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 Phil would tell you. Like I, I wasn't sure where they were going to go with it. Is your skepticism why you didn't take part? Take part? No, no. As I said, it was it was. Remember, we were in that whole um oh, period. Yeah, right. I, I could, I just just no way it could have happened anyway. Um. So yeah, no, it had nothing to do with that. Um. Mm. But but um. But yeah, look. Um. I I really do think that they 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 really did, they really did. Um tick the boxes of the brand itself. I think I said this to Phil in the interview as well, um, of, of showing there is the diversity in the show. You see that it's very predominant. It's very heavy. You see that. Okay. You definitely do see that. Um, I, I, I think that they did tick all the boxes with the diversity. I think they ticked all the boxes when it came to, um, drawing an audience and not just one style or one uh, uh, form of audience. I think it right. will branch off to very different uh, uh, audiences throughout, uh, not only just Australia, but internationally. And um, yeah, no, I, I, I think it was, I think it was a good, it was a good, it was a good start. I think it was a very good start. Yeah. Right. I say it was. Well, it'll be in my binge box next week because I will definitely watch it before well, the next check that out Black Box. Uh, I'll be checking that one out. But our grouping. Can, bit- can, can I just ask one one thing though? I'm so sorry that I do this to you, Robert. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know this is your show podcast, but I'd actually like to know um, because Phil and I had a very long conversation about that, right? I just like to know what your thoughts feel uh, on what I have just said about my opinion of the show. I know you, you kind of were like, whoa. Oh, no, no, no. Well, I, uh, I'm pleasantly surprised you liked it, and your recommendation as an original cast member means a hell of a lot to me because I love yeah. the original series. And I was a bit like Rob going, oh, is it all going to be just about this political stuff and pronouns and whatever, and where's there a story in that or a character development? So, no, I, I haven't had a chance to see it, um, Sal, but I'm definitely going to check it now, mm. out now on the basis of your recommendation because I think that will mean a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah, and thank you very much for tr- entrusting me in saying that. Um, but once again, what I thought and what you think and what, you know, uh, Matt would think and, and, and what Robert would think would be, you know, four different opinions, you know, mm. um, and I so think had similar concerns. Yes, it's mm. interesting that you had the same concerns as we did in that you were worried there wasn't a story there, um, which says to me, I think Netflix did themselves again a disservice in the way they launched it mm. because it mm. did end up with criticism of, well, hang on, what is this? But, you know, you having seen it has actually given me, I- I'm excited, I want to go home and watch it now because I'm intrigued to see what it's all about. Malk said good things. Malk had seen some previews, and okay. he had he mm. had um, said some good things about it. You've said good things about it. The promo mm. did get me in. Uh, there was enough there for me to think, okay, this is more than what I thought it would be. Mm. So mm. I actually, that's when my perception started to change, but especially with you sitting here saying that you really liked it 
And mm. if you had said, oh, I, I've been looking forward to this and I love it, I would have just been, okay, it's a nostalgia trip or something like that for you, you know. Mm. But the fact that you were concerned and you love it, I'm in. I'm, I want to yeah, take a I, look. I just really just take my hat off to uh, the the writers and I also take my hat off to the the the, the people, the producers of of Heartbreak High, that they went a little bit against what the original series was mm. because that's a big call to do that. Yeah. It's a very big call to do that and to then sort of like go, okay, well, we're not – but I'm sure, I don't want to give out – I don't want to give too much away. but <laughs> Don't spoil to, it. Yeah, I don't want to. But, you know, re- remember it's, it's Heartbreak High, this series, was based on the film Heartbreak, Heartbreak Kid. Kid, okay? And it revolved around a young guy who fell mm-hmm. in love with the teacher. Yes. Same thing once again. You know, you go into the series, the television series, and, you know, there's that young heartthrob kid who, you know, uh, he's just he's just one of those guys that, you know, that, that has got a bit of character and stuff like that. He's in this school and there's that love and all that. But this one's different. It's about... Uh, I don't want to say, you know, oh, it's about... Now I'm going to have to watch. That's all right. It's, 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 to intrigue me. it's but, just uh, different. It's just different and it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's for today as well. Okay. Ah, that's what I said to Phil. That's what I said to Phil. And I'm so sorry I go on about this. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I said this to Phil that... Um, it's it was for it, it's 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 been it's been written and and made for the people of today. Does that make sense? Yes, hundred percent. The same as Heartbreak High. The, the same as Heartbreak High. Heartbreak was made for the people of that day of that yep. era, yep. and it's the same with this one. It's very it's very similar to that. Okay. That I look forward sense. to seeing it. That's going to be very, very interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what we all watched this week, but we also had a group binge. This week, it was Jessica Jones, Season 1, Episode 1 on Netflix. It's the story of a, I guess, 20-something lady who seems to have an air about her. We don't really get to know what her superpowers are, but it's obvious she has some. And a dark secret with a man who can whisper sweet nothings in her ear and make people do whatever they want. I've got to say, I liked it. Philip, what did you think of Jessica Jones? Oh, look, ultimately I did like it, but I I didn't know anything about Jessica Jones and I didn't look it up or research it. I just watched it. And I actually actually had to keep switching it off and checking again, thinking... It feels like I've missed something. Like I, I just, I feel like I need to have more knowledge. And yeah, and so I did actually do it twice, thinking, "Am I watching season one, episode one?" Which I was for once. They weren't very forthcoming. Were <laughs> not they? the Scandinavian bridge. Yeah, not the Scandinavian <laughs> bridge or anything. Uh, but look, I was in, look. I'd watch it again. I, I thought it was um, really well done. Uh, I'm not a huge Marvel fan, to be honest. So. I was a bit intrigued as to what I would think of it. It seemed more normal to me than most Marvel things, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the powers, her powers were secondary, although the whole um, David Tennant 
um, uh, villain thing, it was a nice sideline that it was mm. still, she, she mm. had PTSD from her encounter with him and was quite interesting. Matthew, uh, what did you think of this series? Yeah, I liked it for sure. I mean, a bit like Phil, like I didn't research. I didn't know anything about it. Like I, I really come in a bit blind. The only thing that kind of shocked me was that I saw Marvel and I thought, okay, that's probably going to have a bit more of a younger demographic, but it <laughs> certainly did not um, based on some of those scenes. But look, I, I thought it was nice. I think she's a nice, <laughs> the character's a nice anti-hero of sorts. Yes. And I think she plays it well. I definitely think the, the lead actress is great. Um, but yeah, I think I would come back for episode two. It, it was interesting. It was intriguing. And I think there were questions to be asked that I feel like I really want the answers to. So I might check mm-hmm. it out again. Well, it's interesting, Matthew's point. Um, I did notice in the categories that it sits in, it sits in as film noir. It does? It does. <laughs> it's in the film noir category, according oh, to I them. get that a little bit. Mm, yeah, same. Well, it is, it's, it's not a traditional superhero. She doesn't wear a red cape. It it does have a bit of an arty feel to the way they <laughs> shoot it. Um, I, I don't know that I call it film noir but let's go with it they've they've categorized it as such <laughs> if i oh, loved it loved it loved it oh i just love it jessica jones just 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 wow <laughs> wow 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 um, you've seen the whole series haven't you yeah i did watch it i, I mean I, it was a while back but yeah i have watched it yeah I, I watched i binged the whole thing i watched um it's funny i I did watch it with my wife when it first came out, but I sort of lost interest along the way, but she kept watching it and loved it. Mm. I feel like now I do want to go back and watch mm. it and watch the whole series. Yeah, you, mm. it, it did It did happen. It lost its way a little bit and it comes back again. You're right. It right. does do that. It loses its way and then it comes back in again. But, yeah, it's okay. cool. It's pretty cool, especially when she does all those roundhouse kicks, kicks and stuff. Like that. <laughs> well, she starts doing that, does she? Oh yeah, I wouldn't say roundhouse, but yeah, but she's pretty. She's pretty. <laughs> she's pretty. Yeah, she's pretty good. I I really enjoy the Marvel series. I really do. Yeah, I was pretty intrigued to see Rachel Taylor in there as well. Um, yeah. the Aussie actress. Yeah, yeah. Famously used to date Matthew. Um. Yeah, well, you know, always good to see an Aussie doing well. Um, and and Aussies, you know, well, let's be honest, it's it's you, you can throw a rock and hit an Aussie in in LA these days. There's so <laughs> many over there working. Um, mm. Look, thank mm. you for that, Matthew. What is our binge next week? Uh, so it was the big winner at the Emmys, and there's the second season coming out next month, I believe. I don't think they've picked the premiere date yet, but I want to watch The White Lotus with everyone. The first episode oh. of The White Lotus, uh, I think it won 10 Emmys. I love Mike White. He directs, he uh, writes the show. It, it's really good. I've got good hopes for this one. Okay, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying that. So The White Lotus. Now, look, we would usually end the podcast there, but before we go, Mulk has done his traditional yearly chat with Hamish Turner, the programmer at Channel 9. They usually get together at the upfronts and have a chat about the state of Channel 9. So let's hear what Mulk and Hamish, what Mulk and Hamish had to say. Yes, it's great to be at the Nine Upfronts again, celebrating everything that Nine are going to deliver in the back half of 22 and into 23. Hamish, our now annual conversation about programming. Firstly, congratulations on the success of 22. It's been massive. 
Yeah, it has, Steve. It's been a big year. Big new, big year in new sport and obviously entertainment. Um, number one in the demos. Number one in the demos. Clear number one on nine now and total people and all demos. And as a business, I think what you would have seen tonight is just, you know, us trying to flex our muscle uh, in terms of the breadth of content that we deliver across all platforms and obviously bringing standard to the fold this year as well with their amazing uh, uh, output for Australian drama especially. So, you know, we've been working with them on a couple of projects as well, which has been, been great. A couple. Yes. No, there was a... A distinct difference, if I can put it like that, to past up front, yes. where we have shown off stand, no question. I think the tagline was premium Australian drama on stand, and clearly that's going to play connected to, to Nine, but the, the fact that sport is big, news is big, reality is big for Nine, Channel Broadcast right. Nine, yep. and that we will inherit some stuff from Stan, but that if we want our premium drama and premium sport, we want to go to Stan. How does that sit with you? Uh, it sits very well with me. I think uh, everybody knows exactly what their role is within the business. And if you look at sport, you know, we, we look at ourselves as the Barker Network, the one that tries to get out to the biggest and broadest audience. Yep. And Stan provides this amazing immersive experience for the, that core fan base. And we've seen that across the Grand Slams. Uh, most recently, the US Open, which was an amazing tournament. Obviously, Kyrgios getting through the quarterfinals. Yes. Uh, Wimbledon as well, with uh, Kyrgios getting through the final. And we start off the year with the Australian Open. But Massive, all, right? all of them available on Stan as well um, and so you know from a nine now perspective you know we're having daily conversation with them what they what kind of product innovations they're doing so being able to work closer together has really been beneficial for, for all parties this look I have about 800 questions just out of that response the, <laughs> the first one I want to hit you though really quickly will Ash Barty's win still be number one after next Monday night after next Monday, well, I mean, I think uh, you're talking about a cum audience across all networks. Of course we are. Well, therefore, it doesn't count. No, that's right. <laughs> so, no, on, on, in terms know. of a singular, a singular transmission on one network, no, yeah. nothing will top the uh, Ash Barty uh, game from the beginning of the year. It's certainly a challenge because in the few instances where we've seen this, everybody doing the same thing broadcast, uh, the Queen's funeral will be massive, there is no question. So you're right, apples to oranges comparison. The Ash Barty win stands up, followed very closely by a couple of lazy State of Origin games, and then maybe a Married at First Sight finale, and I'm sure yet to be seen the block finale auction. I mean, how... Put yourself in, I don't know, maybe another channel's programmer's shoes. How do you fight that? What do you do to, to deal with those kinds of properties? Oh, look, I think the others have some amazing events as well. Like the AFL Grand Final will no doubt deliver some huge audience. But you worry... It's no Australian Open. You worry about, obviously, what you can control. Um, and we try and put out the best product possible across all platforms. And I think, I think obviously, something like uh, Ash Barty's win, you couldn't script that. And that's the amazing thing around yeah. sport. Uh, and it was the first time an Australian woman had won uh, the the uh, tournament for something like 40 years. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, my whole family got around it, and I think that's the point, isn't it? Yep. It's, it's those moments that matter and being that place where all Australians can can get access to yes. amazing content uh, and, for, and for free. Mate, uh, uh, Lego Masters continues to bring my family of two teenagers, my wife and I, to the television every, every year. It's not easy getting teenagers uh, to kind of join you in anything, really, at this point. No, it? mate, at this point, it's honestly Gogglebox and Lego Masters. Yeah, That's the things it. we all watch together. Um, but, maths, it yeah. is a big start to nine's year, a big sizzle, excellent sizzle yeah. in the reel tonight. We keep finding them. We keep finding them. Mate, <laughs> finding them, that guy had the most, I felt... 
that Heatley had the most self-belief I've ever seen and I felt like I could believe that he was ready to share his love. Um, he was definitely someone who popped out in terms of uh, the audition process, um, you know. Uh, but, you know, he's got an amazing story. Um, he feels that, you know, it's his time to shine. And His bride's response, though, his bride, when he delivers he, that line to it, it's amazing. You're going to um, have to uh, play a clip of yes. it prior to this. I think Rob, Rob will put it in, yeah, I'm sure. Um, how many OnlyFans accounts will be created out of this season of MAFs? Well, look, I don't, I don't know, uh, and I don't, I've never actually gone on to OnlyFans, but what I do know is that I, I think OnlyFans um, <clears throat> has, uh, it, it definitely provides content for all types. Um, <laughs> That's very diplomatic. Well, I, no, I think it is. I mean, I think, you know, there, there's, there's, there's a vast array of uh, content on there from my understanding, but, um, you know, uh, it just is a testament to the popularity of the show and the far reach of the show and that, that every year it just continues to find amazing characters and find people who, you know, want to find that journey to, to love uh, and uh, the intrepid path they need to take to get there. The NRL is such an important part of Nine's schedule, given the absolutely massive deal that uh, Seven and Foxtel have just signed for the AFL. Can we expect similar kinds of numbers coming to Nine from the NRL? Well, we've just done a deal for the NRL, so I don't think we nearly have to worry about that for a, for a very long time. But, uh, you know, the AFL did a fantastic job in terms of securing that deal. Uh, it is a great sport, and, um, you know, I look forward to watching it on both Seven and Foxtel moving forward. Are you on the sniff for the other bits of the cricket? Uh, look, we look at every opportunity when it comes to when it comes to, comes to us, and, yeah, yeah. you know, that, that'll be one of many conversations that, you know, we will have internally. The new schedule looks great. New Aussie drama, some great new programming in the reality stakes. The summit in particular looks amazing. The, the 10 contestants yep. carrying a million dollars to the top of this mountain. Yep. Can they survive? I <laughs> we mean, hope so. <laughs> I, th- I think, I think it, we might have some issues if they don't survive. But uh, I think, again, the, the, the journey to get there will definitely put them uh, under some serious pressure. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's high stakes, uh, as, you, as you've heard. million bucks on your back. You can't get more visceral than that. Um, and the journey to the top of the mountain is going to come with its challenges. Um, and, look, it's being shot in New Zealand in, in a couple of months' time. Uh, we're starting to pull together an amazing cast. And I think it, it ticks all the boxes in terms of a show that will capture the imagination of Australia. Big scale, uh, jeopardy, amazing characters. Um, I, I think it'll be a special one. The Australian TV landscape has never been tighter when it comes to those prime time eyeballs. Uh, why is Nine going to stand up in 2023? Uh, because we back good ideas and we, we're, we're creative and we we always want to challenge ourselves in terms of both surprising ourselves but also surprising the audience and I think hopefully what you've seen tonight is investment in that, investment in our future and investment in in continuing to you know push the boundaries in terms of what we can do from a free TV perspective. Um, so yeah, I think all the shows up there are very, very immensely proud of. Uh, some have been shot, some haven't been shot um, but I don't think we've had, probably had a stronger set of new shows um, at this point in time uh, for our upfronts. Got any room for some future Olympic Games? As I said, every sport uh, across the business is obviously looked at and um, that'll, that'll be one of, of many things that we'll be looking at moving forward. Um, but yeah, look, the Olympics, again, like creates amazing moments. Uh, we saw some record numbers for the Tokyo Olympics and we'd be stupid not to be having a look at it. Final question, and I appreciate your time, Hamish. Thank you. You need to go and have a beer like I do. Um, what are you watching? What are you loving? 
Uh, look, I am watching um, uh, House of Dragons at the moment every Monday night. Uh, like all Game of Thrones, it takes a little while to emerge, but yes. I think the last night uh, it started to do that in in, in many ways. Yep. <laughs> um, so, look, it's one. I'm actually just watching Love Triangle, which is obviously yep. the new show that's coming to stand. And, Bar- and, and um, 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 Bali 2002 uh, is an amazing piece of drama, four-parter. I think it's coming out uh, later in the month. Um, but, you know, you won't forget the, the moment you watch that. It, it, it's, it's, it's done in a in a, a really meaningful way that is respectful of obviously the people who went through that absolute tragedy um, and really marks a moment in time for Australia uh, and you know again as I said it's th- those moments that matter as you know we talked tonight about being Australia's media company you know I think that is at the heart of, of what we do it's challenging ourselves creatively coming up with new ideas and finding ways to continue to stimulate our audience and get them excited about so important uh, right exactly 100% and I don't know did a tear come to your eye during Big Miracles look or do you have a, a, a heart of of, of, heart stone. of stone. No, no, look, it did, I think, but the, part of the, the joy of that kind of show is the, the investment in real people. Yeah, 100%. As much as for things like Bali 2002, uh, the investment in the character, yep. as much as, you know, the stories that Nine tell across a whole bunch of their other content. Um, I'm with you, House of the Dragons, massive. Better Call Saul absolutely captivated me. They stark the landing. Yep. Uh, great property for Stan. Look, there's, there's heaps flying around. My I'm to Yellowstone coming back as well. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good, it's a great series. I mean, it's classic. Uh, it's a cl- classic soap opera set in Montana, but uh, I'll be coming back for more and actually watch the prequel as well. So, uh, no, look, there's amazing content, and that's the thing. It's like we're in such a fragmented landscape where you know we're at the golden age of uh, television. So we've got to continue to lift our game and continue to find those reasons to get people to come and watch. But I think we're, we've done we've done that tonight, and hopefully that. Pays dividends next year. In the shadow of the Opera House and the Harbour Bridge, Hamish, thank you for time. It's back to you, Malk. Okay, well, that was Malk with Hamish Turner. He's done it again. Um, Always good to hear the interview. Glad that tradition has kept going. And that brings us to the end of TV Black Box. Sal, it has been so good having you on the podcast. Thank you for joining us tonight. Well, thank you very much for having me. And it's an, an, an absolute honour to be part of this as well. You know, it's it's so great that, uh, you know, I've got a chance to express uh, a few things. And, and yeah, I'm really, 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 really blessed. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Sal, honor, Sal, the honour is all yours. So, you know. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, thank you for being here. Uh, Matthew and Philip also thank you. I think next week we're back to a full force with Malkin Robbo joining us uh, on the podcast with our weekly special guest. We'll see you. I'm Rob McKnight. We'll see you next week. Don't forget, go to tvblackbox.com.au for all the stories that are breaking. It's where people in the industry get their news. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.